there's this fear around sharing numbers, especially in the freelance world. And I think it's because we've been taught that money is this taboo and we shouldn't talk about it and all this stuff. Um, we made $285,000 last year. It was a good year. Um, and then I made $19,000 um, just from doing side stuff. I do speaking and workshops and things like So it was a good year. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and you're listening to Freelance to Founder a podcast where we tell the real stories of entrepreneurs who've scaled their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. This is episode six of season six, and today we head to the Big Apple, New York City, to join Pamela Kapalik. In this episode, you'll hear how she went from a simple but loving and encouraging upbringing to exceeding 300000 in revenue in short order with a deeply satisfying brunch and budget business that gives back to underrepresented communities through financial education. We'll dig into her story after this quick message from one of the sponsors that make Freelance to Founder possible. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Pamela Kapalit is a certified financial planner and for this story, even more importantly, an accredited financial counselor who runs communities for people of color as well as hip-hop based financial education for children. You'll learn why all of that matters in just a bit. The thing is, she never aspired to be a financial planner. She had something else in mind entirely. I guess you could say that fate pulled her in a different direction. I was totally that nerd kid at recess who was reading a book instead of running around. Like teachers would come up to me and say like, are you on timeout or something? And I was like, no, I'm just reading. Um, So I was always a bookworm. And then in middle school and high school, I started doing some writing. Teachers told me like, you should keep pursuing this. Like you're a great writer, blah, 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 all this stuff. And so I decided it would be fun to get a degree in literature with no idea what I was gonna do afterwards. Um, And the reason why I ended up being interested in finance was because I took a random summer job teaching financial literacy camps for kids. And that's where everything kind of came together and there was a spark of, oh my gosh, why did I not get this when I was 12? And I think that's something that was really the catalyst for me deciding I can take whatever skills I have and figure out how to get this into the hands of as many people as possible. She found that job randomly on Craigslist, a place called The Money Camp back in the day. Truth is, she didn't really feel qualified to be teaching these workshops in the first place. The first like two or three workshops, I was just like, I should quit. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be allowed in front of these children. Like, I had committed to the summer, so I was like, all right, I'm not going to like actually leave right now. And by the end of that first summer, probably like four to five workshops in, I saw the light bulbs go off. I figured out like how to reach the kids in a way that I wasn't in the first couple workshops. And really, I was starting to examine my own finances in a way that I never had. I didn't have a credit card. I didn't know about budgeting and saving. I knew that I should spend less and save more like everyone thinks they know, but I didn't know what that really meant. Well, she didn't quit at all. For three years, she'd go back to that camp and teach young, mostly underprivileged children about money. 
And she did it because she feels strongly that money is too sensitive of a topic. Money is the last taboo. Parents are more afraid to talk to their kids than they are about sex or drugs. You know, and it's because their parents didn't teach them and their parents didn't teach them. And we were all taught to like not talk about it and to keep it a secret. And I think that's where we are right now is we're in this place where the reason why we feel so much shame and embarrassment about it is because we don't talk about it. So I actually I did I did um, these financial literacy camps for three summers and I graduated and I realized that I had hit a ceiling on the financial side and I knew that I wanted to get more involved in it. And that is what brought me to New York. And I actually got my foot in the door at a wealth management firm. So I actually was also doing teacher trainings for like financial educators and financial planners who wanted to teach children about money. And I met a financial advisor through that and reached out to him. He was based in New York and he got me an interview at his financial planning firm. And I started as an operations assistant in the wealth management department. Her operations role ultimately pivoted into a full-time role as a financial planning associate. I was lucky enough to get my foot in the door through this connection that I had peripherally. And I worked my way through um, that wealth management firm. I actually was there for five years. I started off doing operations for a couple years, and then they had an opening to be a financial planning associate. And that's when I really started to learn what the certified financial planner designation was. Um, I started to learn what you know high net worth clients were the insurance side of it, the tax side of it. And that's when I really started getting an idea of what comprehensive planning looked like for adults at this level. Pamela was managing wealth for high-income individuals and couples. No surprise there. She was peering inside the reality that financial service firms really are built to work nicely for very well-established people. But on the side, she was doing something else. She partnered with a friend who's a kindergarten teacher to write a financial literacy curriculum that teachers could incorporate helping younger children to conquer that money taboo. It sounds like such a great idea for a business or a nonprofit to teach kids, especially underprivileged ones, how money works and how to feel comfortable talking about it and putting it to work for you. There was just one problem. So that was that first year was really hard and what kept me going was writing this financial literacy curriculum on the mm. side. Everything that I was learning and doing was feeding into this thing. And I will say we took two years writing the financial literacy curriculum. We presented it to a bunch of teachers at a financial literacy, not a financial literacy conference. We presented it to a bunch of teachers at a teacher conference. There were 6,000 teachers there. It was in Las Vegas. We had a booth. We had a presentation and it totally flopped. Everyone thought it was a good idea until they realized they had to teach it themselves. When we did some digging, um, people had actually done surveys on teachers and financial literacy and they found that 80% of teachers were uncomfortable teaching financial literacy content. So there are 16 or 17 states that actually require you to have some kind of financial literacy course before you graduate from high school. And most teachers don't feel comfortable teaching that course. So that means her plans for teaching children about money, the plan she'd worked on for two years with that friend, well, they met their end. Or so she thought. But there was also a little something else working on the side. And immediately after our sponsor break, we introduce you to that the founding of Brunch and Budget. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate 
easy, and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. I did wealth management for seven years, five years at this first firm that I worked at and two years at uh, another wealth management firm. Uh, My old boss at my previous firm actually went to this new firm and brought me with him. And he... He cut me the best deal. He knew that I was seeing people on the side for brunch and budge. And he said, listen, like, I really want your help to like get this going at this new firm. And so he said, I will offer you um, the ability to work three days a week for me. And then two days a week, you can go and do whatever you want. And he gave me a full-time salary and benefits and everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best. I can do this forever, right? Like, how can you beat that? I get to work part-time, not worry about my income, keep doing financial planning, and then on the side, I was able to do brunch and budget. Brunch and budget is a really neat concept that got started in the most simple of ways. It was an idea that emerged spontaneously between Pamela and a friend who needed some financial guidance. I like was getting all kinds of questions from friends at parties because I was their only finance friend. So they were asking me about IRAs and savings accounts and their debt. And I had one friend who came up to me one day at a party and she like grabbed me and she was like, Pam, I really need your help, but I'm so afraid to look. And I was like, do you want to do it over brunch or something? And her face totally changed. And she was like, like a brunch and budget? She literally said that. And I was like, oh my God, that's the best idea I've ever heard. And so she started doing exactly that. She'd help friends and friends of friends with getting a hold of their finances and making initial investment decisions or paying off loans. And her base of clients grew. The platform wasn't just brunch-based, however. The brunches are probably the only part of it that's offline. The brunches and the workshops. And it was very like offline interaction type stuff the first year. And I didn't think about that because it's evolved so much into something that I like to say it's like 90% virtual, 10% brunch. Um, (laughs) And um, most of my time is spent, um, I have about... 70-ish clients who are ongoing brunch and budget clients. 
um, who I work with online. So we meet over video chat and we either meet once a month or once a quarter and we communicate through email. We communicate through a messaging platform and a task platform. And so all of that work is done online. Um, and it, it evolved quickly into that because I realized that after the brunch, people really need on needed ongoing support. And so the ongoing support was designed to help people through those moments and make sure they didn't get stuck and make sure that they were moving forward with their financial plan. And the most efficient way to do that for me and for the client was to be able to do that online. Pamela kept churning out work with high net worth clients for part of the week and worked with the audience that really stirred her soul during the other half of the week, just over half, actually. Serving this community was really moving for her. People who visited with her as part of Brunch and Budget were entirely different from those she consulted with for the primary job. The thing is, I didn't hate the work that I was doing before. I really think financial planning and wealth management is fascinating. And I liked the clients I was working with, and I liked the work that I was doing. And it was just more that I felt like the people in wealth management were always going to have people to help them. And I knew that there weren't very many people helping the people that I was helping through brunch and budget. Just to give you an idea, uh, we had minimums at my wealth management firm where they wouldn't consider taking clients unless you had at least $250,000 to invest. Most of the clients in wealth management were making between half a million to a million dollars a year. Um, and we were helping them with complex estate plans and life insurance, and we were helping them buy second homes. And it was a world that I would have never had access to otherwise. And I'm really grateful to be able to see what it looks like on the other side and how this CFP designation really supports those clients. And then on the other side of it, for brunch and budget, I was helping people check their credit report for the first time. I was holding their hands while we waited for their credit score to be calculated. You know, I was looking through their debt payments with them. I was helping them understand their student loans. I was helping them open savings accounts for the first time. And so they were two opposite ends of the spectrum. It's interesting that she found the stress, anxiety, and even the things she do to help the two different communities were actually the same. But there's no denying the numbers were quite a bit different. And then the big change came. About a year into that job, I realized that I had to pick one. It was a really scary thing to realize, but I realized that if I really wanted to do brunch and budget and I was seeing traction and I was and my weekends were full and I was I was seeing more and more people asking for help. And at that point, I had also started experimenting with a monthly subscription model for people who wanted ongoing support which is um, what my firm looks like now, about a year in, I, I started preparing to quit. That was the beginning of brunch and budget. This was only a few years ago, by the way, January 1st, 2015. That's when she made the transition. You know, for a lot of people we talked to on Freelance to Founder, that process is a relatively seamless one. Their side project has grown to a sufficient size to force a change in their lives, or they're so tired of their day job that there's a breaking point. That wasn't really the story for Pamela, though. She enjoyed what she was doing for a full-time job. She enjoyed the community she was serving. It's just that this other community needed her in her mind. It sort of called to her. Not that that made things easy to switch, of course. I will say I have this vivid memory of the first like four to six months of like making this decision of wondering if I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. Um, depending on the day and depending on how it went, 
Um, I was basically trying to figure out like where I was going to make money. I had enough savings to last for maybe like six months to a year. So I actually just tried to say yes to everything. I um, was working with a business coach and he actually helped me create cash flow projections for the first year in business. And it was one of those things that I at first skeptical about. I was like, but I'm going to be making these numbers up. I have no idea like how many clients I'm going to get. And he was like, that's fine. Just make it up. And I have to say, I made up some numbers, I made some guesses, and I looked at the cash flow projections and I was like, holy crap, I think this could work. If it feels like the format behind brunch and budget could work in so many other areas, I agree completely with you. I think it could too. And she's up to about 70 clients now that she interacts with regularly through that one brand. But it's not the only way she's gone all in to help disadvantaged investors. Brunch and budget works because of the secrecy we have about money. We don't like to talk too much about it. We don't like to discuss too much about our financial situation with others. But one-on-one, we open up to experts. Pamela kept feeling that there was a community approach that could work too, though. So she also has an extension of brunch and budget, you might say, called Sea Change Financial. I have a new, um, a new financial planning platform uh, that my husband and I started together. We started about a year ago. It was originally called Dead Day Job Army, and now we changed the name to Sea Change. It's a group financial planning platform for people of color. So it's group financial coaching and also individual financial coaching, and it's designed to meet the needs of people of color and address personal finance through the lens of racial economic inclusion. And the reason why we started it is because about half of my clients or more uh, through Brunch and Budget were people of color. And I found that they had very different financial planning needs. They were often first-generation college students. They're often first-generation, you know, immigrants or U.S. citizens. They are often first-generation in their family to be making a professional salary. And so while they were making the same income as their peers, uh, my clients of color were going back a generation. You know, they were helping their parents through retirement. They were paying off their student loans. They were more likely to have student loans. Um, They were more likely to have to support the generations before them who got them here, you know? And so planning for them was very different. And it was also something that I wanted to dive more into and be able to support communities of color in a way that was tailored for their needs. And I don't think anyone's really addressed it. Like I've had had clients tell me they went to another financial advisor and the financial advisor said, well, just stop sending money to your brother and then you can save. Okay, so you've got to hear what Pamela has more to share on this, not just to understand how she chose a community that had a specific problem that needed to be solved that she wanted to help with, but also so that you can glean some ideas on how you can serve a community in a really specific way with a very specific problem yourself. And so there's this like income range of like between like forty dollars to $80,000 that is just like left out. They're left to the financial blogs of the world. Um, and so we wanted to fill that gap in particular. So we wanted to make it affordable, but we also knew that especially in communities of color, people don't talk about money. Money is a huge taboo. It's impolite, it's rude. You're not supposed to ask any questions of your parents or your family members or anything like that. But at the same time, money is such a huge, it's such a huge part of your life, even though it's this like undercurrent that you're not supposed to talk about. And so we wanted to specifically build a community with people of color who were willing and open to have these conversations about money and to share what worked for them, to share what didn't, and to also give people a context of 
what the system has done to ignore them or take advantage of them. All right, just so you can keep track of this now, there are three distinct but related entities today. Brunch and Budget, Sea Change Financial, and Pockets Change. Brunch and Budget and Sea Change Financial, you've now heard about. All told, those two enterprises bring right at $300,000 for Pamela in revenue each year. Keep in mind, she just got started doing this with no model to follow just a couple of few years ago. Pockets Change is the modern version of the financial literacy curriculum Pamela created with her friend years ago. Only this time around, there's a new element. Hip-hop music. And when we come back after this final break, we'll tell you about that one too. You'll hear what platforms Pamela uses to manage these three brands and how she feels about the future. Welcome back. We're headed into the home stretch, but we've got a lot more ground to cover. You know, earlier in the show, I mentioned that Pamela felt called or drawn to doing this work for an underprivileged community. Here's what she had to say about that specifically. It's another one of those things to go back to that gut feeling, right? Of like, I think there's a need. I think there's something missing with what's out there right now. And let me think about if I can fill that need and how I would do it. Pockets changes the hip hop and finance workshops. Um, and that has been truly a blast. It's something where I am so grateful that I still get to work with kids. Pockets change has allowed me to stay connected to youth. And I think that that's a huge aspect of making sure that the next generation isn't in the same place that we are. We still haven't taught kids how to talk about money and how to feel comfortable around money. But why the hip hop element there, you might be wondering? Well, there's a very specific reason for that. We actually, my husband is a hip hop educator and that's how we brought him in to guest teach for a career and job prep course. And the thing is with hip hop education, it's not like I'm going to rap at you and you're going to learn some raps. It's, it's a pedagogy based on teaching kids how they express. And when kids and adults learn how they express, then they know how they learn too. And then we have an understanding of how they best learn and we're able to tailor any content towards their best learning style. All right, so if you're scoring at home, here's how it works. Brunch and Budget is a platform where clients pay a percent of their income in order to participate in those meetings with Pamela and the tutoring. Sea Change Financial is a subscription play. And Pockets Change, well, the organizations that sponsor the workshops that Pamela and her team put on to educate these children, that's how that part of the business is funded. I think what's so cool to me about what Pamela has built is that she's got her heart in this business. And while she is serving a community with something they desperately need, she's also able to make money doing it herself. It's a perfect intersection between a community's need, a passion, and a business. And Pamela is quick to point out that the early rendition of Pockets Change led to the success of Brunch and Budget, even though Pockets Change was an initial failure by outward appearances. I change what I do all the time based on what the need is. And that's something that I think has been has been instrumental to like me getting where I am. All of the things that I did with Pockets Change, even the failures that I had there, led me to get through my day job led me to have the confidence to like do something like brunch and budget. Uh, one thing that I wish that I did know, especially when it came to pocket change, and I think that I was able to take that into brunch and budget and sea change, was to talk to people first and figure out 
what their actual needs were and what their fears were before just like going and doing something. I think we had the if you build it, they will come mentality with pocket change. We do a good enough job of like seeing who was already doing it and seeing what kind of results they were getting and talking to teachers and figuring out like what their barriers were and things like that. I think we just made a lot of assumptions about what we thought people wanted based on what we wanted and just went ahead and did it. And I think that's something that was a big, big lesson for me for, you know, spending all the time on that curriculum and not having it work out that I keep in mind when I try and do other things. So with all these lessons learned across the three brands, she sees nothing but good things ahead for the businesses. To be honest, I'm in this place right now with the business where I had three mishires last year. And I think part of the reason why is because I was more desperate to get someone in to help us and like keep growing the business than I was to really examine like what were we looking for for long-term growth. And I think that this might be a year of slowing down a little bit and like figuring out who we need to get in here, making sure they're trained properly, making sure they like the work, making sure, you know, making sure that we're still taking care of our existing clients and figuring out what that growth needs to look like. Because what I do want this to look like in the next five, 10 years is to have brunch and budgets in different cities, to have a number of financial advisors who are trained in the brunch and budget method, and they're able to bring it to their communities, to be able to um, have more financial coaches helping see change members and helping see change clients. And so I feel like that I want to build a community of financial planners who are on the same mission and who maybe didn't think that this profession was for them because all they saw was wealth management. I think that there are so many people out there who want to help people with their finances and have no avenue for it. And I think that if we can build some kind of model that allows people to get trained, to feel comfortable, and to be able to work with clients in the way they want to work with them, then in five to 10 years, this could be a pretty significant business. But it's really making people feel like they have agency and control and can advocate for themselves and they have a sense of freedom when it comes to their finances. And that's the story of Pamela Kapalan, founder of Brunch and Budget, founder of Sea Change Financial, and co-founder of Pockets Change. At her current growth rate, she should hit the half million dollar mark in revenue this year, serving communities in need, serving people of color, and and adding a little fun back into financial management. Coming up in episode seven, Brian Castle, founder of Productize, founder of Sunrise KPI, and numerous products. He's a prolific entrepreneur, and he's even taught himself how to code. Don't miss this next episode of Freelance to Founder. For all of us at Milo and the Milo Mastermind community on Facebook, thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Freelance to Founder, proud member of the Podglomerate Network. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.